0: Hello, this is Steve Shirley with RNS Northeast, and this is The Clean Life.
1: welcome to another great episode of The Clean Life. You're here with Molly once again. So today on the show, I've got Catherine Burgess, who is a flight attendant for Delta. Catherine, say hey. Hi. Where are you currently? So I'm actually in Atlanta today. This was my off day that I had during the week. So are you stationed? Like, is that where you kind of fly out of?
0: Yeah, I'm based in Atlanta. So that's where when I graduated, I just decided wherever I I was going to be based, I would just move there and it happened to be Atlanta. So here I am.
1: Now, is that common for like most Delta flight attendants or is that just kind of like a section of people go over there?
0: Oh, I mean, it varies. Like there's a bunch of what we call commuters and stuff like that fly in from, I mean, everywhere. Like uh, probably one of the biggest commuting cities is like Dallas because Delta doesn't have a hub in Texas. So like, you know, we get so many commuters coming in from Dallas that you know, go back and forth to work like on a bus, but instead it's a plane. So um, it just depends. A lot of people will move to where they do. I know some people that drive over four hours just to get for a trip, and
1: I don't know how they do that. (laughs) That's crazy to me. They have to drive four hours just to go get on the plane? Yeah, like some people live down in Savannah, and they commute by
0: just – they'll put their trips like back to back, so they'll have six days of trips in a row. So they'll drive in for, you know, four hours. And then just, you know, get all their trips that they need and then go home and they have more days off. And so it's kind of nice about this flexibility of the schedule because you can really tailor it to whatever you need for like your condition or whatever.
1: So do you guys set your own schedules?
0: Um, So what happens is, is, you know, once a month we're on a date, they give us like our schedule for the month, but then we have power to go and switch or change trips like based on what's available and what we have, what's called open time, which is all the trips that are out there that no one has claimed yet. So if, you know, say I have a layover that I don't like, but there's a trip out there for the same dates and it's just a better place, I can swap them out, you know, easily or try to move stuff on different dates, like if I need to be somewhere. So it's, you know, for the most part flexible, but you run into different things like trip balancer and all that kind of stuff. Like it's, it's pretty detailed, but you, you get used to it.
1: So do y'all have like a standard amount of hours that you have to reach? Um, we get a every month they set like the trip,
0: like, um, whatever it's called. And it can vary like summer months. Sometimes it runs like a hundred hours of flying a month, which is like a lot, like to put in perspective, a three day trip for me, you know, I'm may check in at nine in the morning on the first day and get back at 9.00 PM on the third day, but I'm only getting paid for 16 hours worth of flying time. So like, you know, I've been gone three days, but I'm only getting 16 hours worth. So summertime, you can be looking at a hundred hours a month, but then like, you know, it's starting to die down now. Like this month was like 78 hours was the um, projected like trip amount for this month.
1: Dang. So y'all don't even get credit for like the hours not spent on the plane.
0: Sure. Well, we get like hours not on the plane is like what's called time away from base, but it's pretty much what a waitress salary is. Like it's like $2 an hour. So You know, I mean, I guess you would say it's enough to get you maybe two meals, like realistically. So, I mean, it it is a little something, but at the same time, you know, it's just, it does feel crazy when I'm like, I've been gone three days and i am only worked technically 16 hours, like worse.
1: Oh, gosh. Yeah. So I never realized any of that. Why did, what got you into wanting to be a flight attendant?
0: Uh, You know, I was thinking about this the other day, because like I always used to say it was, I had a friend who worked for Southwest and she was from Dallas and I knew her um, and she, I kind of got into it but I realized like growing up my grandparents like my mom's parents uh, used to travel so much like they went to ev- about every country and they made all these scrapbooks and stuff and I just remember like growing up like looking through those and like I just had this passion to just want to travel and do things like that's just what I've always kind of wanted to do no matter you know what I did and I guess when I went to college, it's like you kind of shift to whatever your major is. Like I got into business, so I figured I needed to do something like maybe find something that will allow me to recruit and travel that way. But um, when I started interviewing, like interviewing for jobs, like, you know, I went out to Denver for one. I had one in Fayetteville. And then I just kind of threw in like a um, application to American Airlines and Delta, just like on a whim. I was like, you know, we'll just see if they even send sending me back and sure enough like delta just kept responding and um it just worked out like i my interview was three days after graduation so it was just timing was seamless and um i just decided you know it's like better i had two choices it was either find a job that i could make enough and and travel and do what i wanted to do or just go ahead and find a job that'll let me
1: travel for free and it worked out pretty well (laughs) yeah so with that, what's the process of becoming a flight attendant? Like, did you interview before you went to flight attendant school?
0: Yeah, so, like, it's now basically, like, a four-step process. Like, you you send in your first application, and then, you know, you either get approved or denied there, and then they send you, like, this personality and these questionnaires type thing, and you have to fill it all out, and um, then you have a Skype interview where someone from the training center, like, Skypes you. And they basically just ask you situational and, you know, questions like that. And then the last step is you go, they fly you out to Atlanta. And then you do like a face-to-face interview. And you're like put into a group of about, I'd say, 50 people. And they just like throughout the day have different like things you go through. And they'll do r- realistic situations like with things on an airplane and at the end of the day, like from there, they cut so many people and you're either told yes or no, like at the end of that day.
1: Oh, wow. So it's pretty cutthroat.
0: It is. I mean, <laughs> they make it seem like a big deal. Like, I'm really glad now that I have the ability <laughs> to talk to anyone because I feel like that's kind of what saved me.
1: <laughs> okay, social skills. So that's a big part yeah. of it.
0: Oh, for sure. Because I mean, it kills me, though. But every once in a while, you know, there is flight attendants that like, I'll be on board with it. I feel like I don't want to talk to anyone at all. And I'm like, how did you get to this job? Because the whole thing is like dealing with thousands of people a day. Like, you know, and it's just like, I think you need to have, which everyone, you know, may have their own moments, but I don't know. I just, I can talk to anyone. And it's just, I think that's a huge part of the job. And that's the reason I think people really like Delta is the fact that like people really connect with people in that way.
1: Are you still friends with all of the people that you went to school with, like flight attendant school or... And like, do you ever get to fly with them or do you always kind of go your separate ways?
0: You know, it's like, it's such a weird part of the job. Like, um, you basically never fly with the same person twice. And I, sorry, I think I jumped that question. Yeah, like, no, I jumped ahead. But yes, I have flown with friends before, but it's like intentional where, you know, I'm not really given a trip with my friends. I have to go like out of my way where they'll be like, hey, there's an open spot. And if I have the days available, I can go pick it up and we can work together. I mean, that part's pretty easy. But, you know, I've worked with about, I'd say, I mean, on two hands, I can count times that I've worked with my friends. I mean, every other time it's been a new person every single time.
1: What in the world? That just blows my mind. I guess you don't realize how many flight attendants there are. Do you know like a rough amount of how many flight attendants Delta has?
0: Yeah. So we had, I think it was like 17,000 on all bases. Oh, or at no, every no, 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 no. at every base. No, take that back. I'm sorry. It's like Oh, what was it? it? I think it might have actually been something like 25,000. Gosh, I feel like I should know this. 25,000 so at each attendants. base? No, no, no. I'm saying <laughs> Oh, total,
1: total. Okay, okay. Yeah, total. I was total.
0: about but like to put say. In, no, yeah, that's crazy. But like to put it in perspective, uh, Atlanta has probably about 8,000. Like Atlanta is a very, it's the largest one because it's like the home, you know, of Delta.
1: Right. So how, but, many, bases, yeah, as far as, how many bases do you think sorry. that they have? No, you're good.
0: Um, let's see, I'm trying to think of training It was Atlanta Boston New York, Detroit Minneapolis um, Seattle Salt
1: Lake City, Atlanta I'd say about 9 or 10 bases Interesting, well we are going to go To a quick break And when we come back, okay. we're going to talk more to Catherine Okay Okay Is serious business. Are you making sure your employees and customers are safe with solutions that are truly safe for them to use? If you're asking employees to use disinfectant all day, every day, make sure it's the right choice. If you want your customers to be safe, use the best products. Waltz D is an EPA registered hard surface disinfectant that is FDA approved for food contact surfaces. It's a new era of clean built for the new normal. An environmentally friendly disinfectant that is safe, effective, and sustainable. And we're back talking with Catherine Burgess, flight attendant for Delta. So Catherine, I think the topic that is on everybody's mind is is it safe to fly with coronavirus
0: yes 100 percent. as long as you are confident that you are well so if that makes sense yeah so
1: (laughs) how walk us through what kind of happened especially like you being right there in the front line and like you know did it affect your schedule at all
0: Oh, yeah. Um, So, well, first I'll say there's a handful of us, like me included. I'm about 85% sure I had it on Christmas Day last year. Like there's a handful of flight attendants that like around the same time had the same symptoms, went to the doctor, was told about the upper respiratory thing. Like, so as, as early as December, I started seeing things kind of like within people getting sick. It was weird. But February, I would say when it or I guess it was March when it really hit, like when they started closing things, it affected April and May the most. Like May began the first two weeks, I couldn't pick up a single thing. There was nothing on the board. And we're used to seeing anywhere from like 25 to 40 trips per day in that open time. And wow. now we were at zero, like for two weeks. So, I mean, it was really rough. And I mean, I had flights where we had, no kidding! Three people on a plane that held anywhere from one hundred and ten to to two hundred. I mean, it was insane.
1: What in the world? That is crazy. Are you? Is it start like when did it kind of start picking back up? And is it kind of getting back to normal for you?
0: Um. So Delta has actually went ahead and said that they were going to leave the middle seats blocked until January sixth of twenty twenty one. So, but as far as that, we have been. I just got back from a trip yesterday and both days the flight was packed to the like maximum capacity to which we could hold. So I think this month has surprised me the most because like, I figured, you know, it was like in the heat of it, but I I think people kind of got stir crazy. Like I saw a lot of families traveling. So, you know, when like Disney opened back up and all that, like, I think people just, kind of took the risk and I mean it was interesting because you know everybody kind of took the risk but everyone has the same like paranoia on the plane of like they don't want to be around each other and they're confused about why there's so many people and it's it's kind of funny to watch like how <laughs> it happens but um yeah things are definitely picking back up as far as that but with school starting back I don't know how long that's necessarily going to last well. you know because there's going to be lots of families not traveling anymore.
1: Yeah. I can imagine, especially during the summer, like parents were trying to kind of take advantage. I feel like once it started to warm up outside, like mentally, right. you're like, okay, I've got to go. I've got to get out of this house, especially being cooped up since March. Exactly. So what are you thinking that the winter's going to do? Like, do you think that it'll slow back down? Cause you know, they've talked about how there's going to be like this big spike potentially. Yeah. I mean,
0: I'm honestly, it's, so up in the air for me because like every day, you know, we get a lot of emails from our CEO and stuff, kinda of giving us like, you know, what's going on as far as what he knows and, you know, the status of the company and such. And um I mean, I feel like I hear a different story every day from the fat of oh, things are gonna shut down again and oh like, you know, things are gonna pick up. So I really am kinda of going into it, having no idea what's gonna happen. I mean Apparently, you know, they haven't much spoke of furloughs anymore, so it seems for now like I'm in the clear, but, you know, just as things dip like they did, they could definitely go back down if if things don't get under control.
1: Right. When all of this started happening, what were some of the procedures that Delta started and how did they get you guys going on that?
0: From the beginning, we, they were pretty heavy, like on the mass thing, like, I remember the day that they said it, it was it was pretty much from that day on, like, it, it's not a question, like, it's mandatory or you will not work. Like, so from there, I feel like they took that pretty serious. And then, I mean, within, you know, as short as two weeks, we had those fogging machines, which I don't know if you've heard about that, but it's some, I, I'm not, you know, I don't know the science of it, but it's some chemical fog that they run through and they, you know, fan it over the seats up in the bins, like in the bathrooms, like, and it's supposed to kill everything, like, um, and then everyone comes on. And they have about 15 cleaners on the plane. They wipe down the tray tables, the seats, armrest, seat belts, everything. They mop the floors. Um, we haven't, service hasn't been the same, so there's a lot less touch points. So, honestly, I'd say the airplanes have been cleaner than they've ever been before. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, are you guys still serving, like, drinks and like snacks or is that totally off the table now?
0: As soon as we quit doing service, we started doing little what I call goodie bags and it would have like a little bag of cheeses, one of the Delta cookies, and then like a small Dasani water. Um, And so everyone has just been, we've been doing that since services stopped. But as of like July, we introduced to comfort plus and first class um, beer and wine. Because the main concern right now is, like, they don't want ice on board because that's a heavy, like, it's, like, refilling and scooping stuff. And so, um, right now, they've stuck with just, like, having, you know, wine and beer. And so, i definitely say that's something they've tried to do better.
1: Yeah. Are you guys having to wear gloves, too?
0: Um, yeah. We're, we have to wear a mask. And then, we don't have to wear gloves. But, like, you know, if I'm touching anybody's drinks or anything, like, i always make sure I glove up just in case.
1: And are you guys requiring um, passengers to wear masks?
0: Oh yeah, I don't know if you've heard much, but it's it's been a huge debate. And from from the moment, like I said, like the he Ed Bastion decided that masking was going to be serious, he um, he's blacklisted anyone who has a problem with like wearing a mask. Like if someone gets kicked off a plane because they refuse to wear their mask. Then they're banned from Delta until this whole mask thing is over. Like they're no taking way. it very seriously. Yeah. And uh, th- about two weeks ago, um, it was a huge thing. The guy who killed, I think it was like Osama or something, he actually got kicked off because he refused, he didn't want to wear his mask. And so it was, I mean, that was, so Ed was basically like, we don't care who you are. Like you're either wearing your mask or you're getting off. So, I mean, he's been pretty serious about it.
1: That's uh, That's pretty serious. <laughs> Yeah, I
0: mean, it's, it's kind of nice to know that we have backup because it's like, you know, a lot of the times people don't really take us seriously and we're the ones that have to feel like the police on board. It's like, it's kind of annoying
1: sometimes. Oh, yeah, I bet. Y'all are just the messengers but perceived as the bad guys. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, you heard it here, folks. If you are flying Delta, then you definitely need to wear your mask. We will be right back after this commercial break. Worried about getting sick? To stay safe, the CDC recommends you do five things. One, wash your hands. Two, keep your hands away from your face. Three, cough or sneeze into your elbow. Four, keep your distance. Five, if you're not feeling well, stay in. When you can't get to soap and water, use an alcohol-free hand sanitizer like Waltz Free. It's a lotion that's also a powerful hand sanitizer that works in just 15 seconds, lasts four times longer, and won't damage or dry out your hands, even if you use it many times a day. Hey, this is Carolyn Hoffman. Be sure to subscribe to the Clean Life. There are new episodes available every Wednesday. And we're back again. Catherine, you know, I can imagine how much fun it must be to be a flight attendant just getting to travel anywhere you want to go.
0: Oh, it's a blast. I mean, the only thing is, is I'm like, I wish I could make a million dollars a year because, you know, (laughs) that's the only downfall is like you get the beauty of going everywhere. And it's like, you know, you just want to buy and do everything. So. But it, it is so much fun just to be able to, you know, wake up in a new city and just explore on your own and figure out, like, you know, that's my job for the day is, like, explore around a certain city I've never been to. So that's, it's pretty fun to think of it that way.
1: So how, like, how long do you guys normally get in between flights?
0: Before COVID, it was blocked really shortly. I mean, and that's why I guess I would say planes are clear than they've ever been, because if I'm being honest, like, They had it blocked about 45 minutes from landing until people were getting on the plane. So you've got to think about people getting off the plane, cleaners coming on, and then getting off and then start boarding. So it used to be so quick that I feel like it was hard for them to get things thoroughly cleaned as they should be. And so now planes or flights are blocked about anywhere from an hour to an hour and 40 minutes between flights now.
1: So is Delta International... Yeah, it is. Okay, okay. Where all have you gotten to go outside of the U.S.? Uh, Outside of the
0: U.S., I've done – I'm kind of a rookie. Sometimes I'm – it's terrifying to work international sometimes because it's a bunch of what I call senior mamas. But so far, I've done Toronto. um, I've done Montego Bay and Kingston and Jamaica. I've done Panama. I did Paris twice and I think that may be it. So
1: on those, on those particular ones, did you try and space out a little extra time so that you could actually explore where you were a little bit more?
0: Yeah. So on international, it's nice. Actually, they, they give you a lot more time on your labor. You usually get at least 24 hours. So it's a whole day of you, you know, but it's still, it's crazy because when you used to go on vacation, you're used to being anywhere from five to seven days. And it's, you know, you've got to pack everything you want to do in that amount of time into one day. So it, it can be tiring, especially after working like Paris is seven hours over there and nine hours back. So if you're thinking about being on your feet during those times, and then you roaming around a city, it can be pretty tiring. But um, you know, I'm, I have the mentality where I'm like, do it now because you, you know, you don't know how long you can do this.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's very true. Well, that's pretty neat. What do you think is like the coolest place that you've gotten to fly to US or international?
0: So, I mean, Paris is, of course, the coolest because there's just so much to see. But I I would honestly say Toronto is one of my favorite places I've been to. It's just so, I don't know, I just love it down there. Like the people and it's just such a clean and nice city and um, they have good food down there. I don't know. It's just, it's fun.
1: So do you have any interesting, crazy stories for us?
0: Uh, so my very first flight, like my very first leg, I we actually did have to kick someone off, and I remember I looked at the flight leader and I seriously was like, Is this what it's going to be like all the time? Like, <laughs> we had you know, I've had to kick a couple of people off, and I've had some you know, medicals on board. Um, but let me think of what the craziest one Wait, was. medicals? Um, what, do, what
1: does that mean? Like, medical, so issues? like people.
0: Yeah, like if people pass out or they like, you know, have a seizure or something like that. Um, We have like equipment on board where we basically, we're the doctors on board. Oh my gosh. And we have to like, yeah. So, I mean, training is eight weeks and it it includes like we learn CPR, we learn how to do like an AED and all that kind of stuff. So, I mean, because we're the first line of, you know, when we're in the air, we're the first line of defense up there. So, they basically train us as such.
1: I didn't even think about all that.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it's a, I mean, I know it's like people that's why if people don't understand, they're like, you know, I'm sure people probably think, Well, what are flight attendants even doing right now? I mean, we're still handing out stuff, but at the same time it's like we're supposed to know all that and be able to take care of the doors and stuff. So I mean it's it's a little more deeper than people think sometimes, but it's it's still so much fun and it's, it's I consider it the easiest work you could ever do.
1: <laughs> that is really, really cool. Have you ever had like a crazy think you might go down situation yet? Um, we
0: did have what's called an aborted landing one time because the wind was so strong, um, that the plane wouldn't have been able to land like without it, like it wouldn't be able to land safely. So, um, I mean, which thankfully they always prepare and they load the planes up with extra fuel just in case stuff like that happens. Because, uh, like the other day in Little Rock, we had to circle in the air for an hour because um there was so much weather in Atlanta we couldn't land and there was too much plane traffic like in the area so we just had we literally circled in the air for an hour like so I mean you know crazy kind of stuff happens but oh actually okay sorry crazy story I actually got struck by lightning like in the first couple months yeah Um so I was doing service this was like way before COVID like it was probably in summer of 2019 and. I was doing service and I just, it was nighttime and I remember this huge flash of light and it was just unlike anything I had ever seen on the plane before. Like it was just, it lit up the whole plane and it just felt weird. And so I remember when we landed, like the captain opened it up and he was like, Well, how did y'all like that lightning? And we were like, What? And he goes, Yeah, we got hit right on the nose with it. I'm surprised it didn't like damage the plane or anything. So that was probably the craziest as far as <laughs> is it going to go down situation I've been through but I uh yeah <laughs>
1: that was pretty wild. Oh my gosh. Well, speaking of the pilot, how is that relationship? Like between pilot well, like, and, like between pilots and flight attendants. You mean like on the plane
0: like as far as how we do with them whatever? Right. Um I mean so basically what happens is we get on the plane and we have like a pilot briefing where whoever the flight leader is for that trip, um, they just sit down and basically talk about any security concerns, um, what to do if there's a medical situation, where the headsets are. Like, cause if a medical situation happens, we have to hook up this microphone and we talk to a doctor that's on the ground. So like he goes over all that information with us. And then we have, um, like, um, a lot of the times we have different layovers, though. So I guess the relationship is basically just plane to plane. It's pretty basic, general, just instructions on how this flight is going to go. Because basically, like all flight, you know, I said never fly with the same flight attendant. Well, it's even more sparsely with the pilots. I never even fly
1: a same leg with most pilots. It's it's, uh, it's wild. <laughs> that is crazy. So I do know one Delta pilot. And he, if you ever fly with him, you're going to know Especially around yep. Christmas time, because the whole month of December, he dresses up like Santa Claus. What? I guess yes. I haven't seen him yet. <laughs> his name is Bob. I thought you were gonna
0: say Pilot Pete. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I was like, I, I don't wish think I never not
0: Delta anymore, right?
1: <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> One no. of my friends
0: actually did fly with him.
1: No way. Yeah, he got a picture, and it was pretty cool. That is pretty cool. But yes, his name is Bob, and he dresses up like Santa Bob. Claus for the kids. And he's awesome. I'm going to have to look for him.
0: That's awesome.
1: Well, Catherine, thank you so much for coming on our show today.
0: Absolutely. It's been a blast. Thanks for having me.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Everybody remember to subscribe. Click those five stars because this podcast is awesome. We will see y'all next week.